Hey there, welcome to IWG Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. You are listening to Dr. Nicole and clinical nutritionist Brooke. And we are going to be talking about weight loss and blood sugar instability today. Just in time for the new year and the new changes, a lot of people have goals around the new year to lose weight and start those healthy diets. So we wanted to bring you some information about this. There's a lot of junk information out there. So just clearing up some of the misconstrued information for you. And just to give you a little background on on us, for those of you who are new that are listening, um, I'm Dr. Nicole. I'm a functional medicine physician at Integrative Wellness Group in Belmar. And uh, functional medicine is really just a very thorough approach to looking at the whole body to figure out what the root cause is for whatever the symptoms that you may be experiencing. So we love to kind of take the different information that you know most people are receiving out there and create more clarity around it so that you ha- are better equipped to make the right decisions, but also better equipped to you know to start on your healing path to really get to the root cause of whatever you are struggling with. And then we have Brooke here, who is also a specialist in weight loss, so that's why we're teaming up together. So I will let her tell you a little bit about herself. So I have a master's degree in clinical nutrition, and prior to having that master's degree, I did get a bachelor's in nutrition. And just out of my bachelor's program, I accepted a job where I worked at a weight loss center. And I used to work as a nutritionist specifically for weight loss. This was prior to knowing all the stuff that I know about functional medicine and all of the information about analysis and testing and really understanding why and how the body acts and why people gain weight or people might struggle to lose weight. And I wanted to kind of give an introduction to this because being in that industry for about a year and a half that I did this, I would see people, they would come in and we would give them these kind of basic diet plans And people come in and they think they know a lot of things about losing weight or nutrition and they they come in and they say, well, you know, I need to I need to cut my calories. I know that I'm supposed to cut calories to lose weight or I actually remember specifically one woman had gone to her doctor and he had said to her, well, you need to lose weight. And she said, "Okay, well, how do I do that? And he says, well, you need to cut calories. And, And she goes. I don't really know a whole lot about that. And he said to her, calories in, calories out. And she left that day. She didn't know what else to say to him. And she left that day going, calories in, calories out. Like, what does that even mean? You know, she was kind of confused. The doctor really didn't give her a whole lot of information. And I think that we're really branded by the society that we're in and all of the marketing and the the supplements and things out there that are saying, you know, take this magic pill or cut back on calories or do this exercise and you're going to magically lose weight. And for some people it works. There are a lot of people that maybe they'll cut back on calories or maybe they'll start exercise and they'll lose weight. But for a lot of people, this is a big struggle being able to lose weight, especially we get older, our bodies start to change. We think our metabolism starts to slow down a little bit. And so there's a lot underlying that has to do with weight gain itself and the inability to lose weight. And yes, calories are a thing. Calories essentially are units of energy that um, kind of, they, they give our bodies energy, but if we overconsume the calories, they then turn to fat. So yes, if you cut calories, 
theoretically, you're going to lose weight. But for a lot of people, there's a lot of different things going on. So we wanted to get into some of those topics tonight and um, give you a little more information as to why you might be struggling to lose weight or maybe gaining weight. Well, isn't it safe to say that not all calories are created equal? A hundred percent. And that's actually, I'm really happy that you brought that up because we've used this analogy a lot in nutrition. Like you think of a thousand calories of a salad, right? You might have, you're going to have like a table full of salad, but you're going to be getting all these awesome vitamins and minerals and nutrients that your body really needs versus a thousand calories of, let's say a brownie. Mm -hmm. So you're going to eat a thousand calories of a brownie you have a table of salad or maybe a little square of a brownie and in that brownie you're going to get sugar you're going to get fat you're going to get you know all these empty what we call empty calories Mm -hmm. and you're not really obtaining what your body really needs to thrive and live and and you know of course and one of the things that i think that i come across a lot with uh with clinical practice is uh, depending on the person, especially if they're dealing with hormonal issues, I will recommend high fats in their diet. And of course, when I say high fats, I'm I'm classifying those fats as things like avocados and nuts and seeds and nut butters. And I'm not necessarily recommending fried foods or fried chicken and and you know more of those detrimental fats. And when people look at the you know the almond butter and they look at the calorie content and it says you know, if it's 200 calories for say two tablespoons, they say, wow, that's a lot. You know, why do you want me to consume this? Like, I really should make sure that I keep it to a minimum because, you know, I don't want to be overdoing my calorie intake. And I always tell them, I'm like, if you are eating a avocado or a raw almond butter or a coconut butter, things like that, that's not going to your butt. Mm. That is actually going into your cells and it's making your cells very flexible. It's making them healthy. It's actually decreasing the aging process. So it's going to benefit you on so many levels in comparison to being so focused on, on the calories that are you know showing up on the back. So again, it's just the calories are not created equal. It's really just, it's, it comes down to, to quality. And you know, with quality, you can eat more of an abundance of quality foods that are clean, that are not containing pesticides and insecticides and and not containing trans fats as well as high amounts of sugar. And you can have maybe a higher calorie load with those foods and they're not going to budge your weight. But as soon as you start eating those empty calories, like you mentioned, and you start eating those foods that are containing a lot of additives and preservatives, it's a game changer. So there definitely is different classifications. But I would say with one of the focuses that we want to talk about today is we want to talk about, you know, the difference between weight, like actual fat tissue and and inflammation. And I guess before going into that, one of the one of the things that we also want to to mention is this whole concept of metabolism. Because like Brooke mentioned, you know, we get older and our bodies do change. And yes, you will have somewhat of a decline in your metabolism. But overall, your metabolism is is something that it's affected by other things. And it's affected by your blood sugar. It's affected by your inflammation. It's affected by your gut health. And it's affected by the level of toxicity that's in your body. So for us to think that we are kind of doomed and that our metabolism is just going to slow down and eventually just halt 
and we're going to be doomed to you know extreme weight gain it's not really how it works so with utilizing those different supplements and those different diet pills that are upping caffeine levels that are trying to up metabolism you are not necessarily always addressing the root cause of what you're dealing with so um, the first thing that we really want to talk about is is inflammation and and what does that really mean and what is the difference between actual you know fat tissue as well as as inflammation and with inflammation just so you have an understanding is if you get hit in the leg and your leg blows up, that is going to be inflammation. And typically we'll use ice to bring down the inflammation. What people don't understand is inflammation can happen inside of the body. It can happen around all of the different organs and it can happen in your tissues. So once that inflammation happens and you have that you know, increase in, in swelling in those different areas, that is going to essentially make you puffy and it's going to make you appear like you've gained weight. So inflammation is a huge thing that we see on a daily basis because we are looking at people, we're looking at their, you know, their body's ability to detox, we're looking at their gut health, and we're seeing these different things that are going on, which we will talk about, that are creating inflammation. And then once we put them on their recommended diet plan and supplements, some people lose anywhere between five to 20 pounds in two weeks. And they're kind of like, what do you have me on? What are, you know? What are we doing here? And I just tell them, I'm like, this is not, you didn't lose fat in two weeks. You lost inflammation. That just shows you how burdened your body really was in, in that time period. So, you know, it's really the, if you're struggling with your weight right now, the first thing that you want to either rule in or rule out is, are you struggling with inflammation? And like I said, we will kind of go into those specific topics that are, are causing the inflammation in the first place. So what does the inflammation itself have to do with blood sugar? Well, as inflammation goes up, like I said, again, just kind of that general swelling in the different tissues of the body, if it's, you know, if it's the muscle tissue, if it's the tissue that surrounds the organs or the actual organ tissue, um, inflammation goes up and there's going to be a cascade of effects that happen. So one of the things that is, is going to happen is your blood pressure is going to go up. You are also going to have some restriction in the ability of your organs to function. So you might have a decrease in enzymes in the ability to digest food. You also may have uh, the inability to for your detox pathways to work as well. So with this cascade of things that happen, you know, affecting your vascular system, affecting your uh, detox pathways, affecting your digestion, this is something that just kind of creates a whirlwind with your, your body's ability to handle and process sugars. And the blood sugar will naturally go up in the event that that happens. So why don't you tell us a little bit of, of the correlation between blood sugar and kind of gut and detoxification issues, because I know that this is something that you deal a lot with in your clinical practice. Yeah, so I, the biggest thing that I see with my clients, primarily because, again, I am dealing with a lot of clients suffering with different gastrointestinal issues, and, you know, it's unfortunate because our food industry has changed pretty dramatically, and you know, between the, the levels of the different chemicals and preservatives that are in our food, in addition to uh, different types of pesticides, which has increased pretty tremendously over the past, um, you know, past 10 years, and even the introduction of the genetically modified foods, 
you know, these are things that are really compromising our gastrointestinal system and it's wiping out a lot of the probiotics, which is the good bacteria in the gut. And it's, it's allowing for different organisms to overgrow in the gut. And one of the primary things that I see because of how much sugar is in our food, even if you think that you're not a sugar person or you're not a sweets person, if you're not a sweets person, but maybe you really enjoy bread and rice and pastas, that's still equating to sugar. Um, or even if you, you know, you're going out and you're getting different things like a soy milk latte and you are not realizing that maybe there's 30 to 40 grams of sugar just in the milk alone. So in the American diet, unfortunately, we are surrounded by sugar. It's in almost everything that we eat. So if you have an overabundance of sugar and carbohydrates in the diet, then you can eventually have an overgrowth of yeast that happens within the gut. So typically what that looks like is maybe you're having bloating with foods that you're eating, especially if you're eating carbohydrates or sugars. Um, you might have constipation. You even might have loose bowel movements as well. You might shift between the two. Um, another thing too on the more severe end is you might experience uh, chronic yeast infections, different types of fungal infections in your nails, um, and you also might have sinusitis, uh, which is you know congestion within the sinuses. And people who are having this yeast or bacteria overgrowth are having some sugar cravings, which is kind of in turn stimulating more of that yeast overgrowth as well. Correct? Exactly. So the yeast overgrowth it thrives off sugar. So it was fed by the sugar and carbs in your diet in the first place. So that's what caused it to overgrow. When it overgrows, it can go, it can be in the colon, it can be in the small intestine, it can even move into your stomach and move it, it can move into your sinuses. And, you know, when you have this overabundance of yeast in the body, that's usually when you'll see the manifestations either in the skin or you'll see it in the vaginal tract, etc. Um, but yes, once the organism is there, it's overgrown, it thrive, it lives off sugar. So you will have a tendency to have even more sugar cravings and it becomes this very vicious cycle because as you're, you know, as you consume more sugar because of the cravings, then you get puffier and puffier and puffier and more and more bloated. And then, you know, you equate this to go, oh my gosh, what is going on with my body? Why am I gaining so much weight? I don't understand. And it really comes down to this massive amount of inflammation that's really happening within your gastrointestinal system. And what does that have to do with the detoxification pathways? So your primary detoxification organ is, is your liver and your liver and your gut communicate with each other. So talking about you know this overgrowth of yeast and even talking about people that maybe experience things like constipation, Typically constipation, yes, there's obviously a major player with where your gut health is at, but there is also, you have to consider your liver because your liver is primarily, you know, binding up a bunch of toxins through the bile and then it's spitting the bile into the gastrointestinal system to eventually be eliminated through um, your stool. So if you have, you know, issues with your gut, and then you also don't have your bile production functioning very well, or your liver is just not functioning very well in general, then you are not gonna have the ability to detox and you're not gonna have the ability to get rid or shed the yeast or bacteria overgrowth that might be in your gut. So that definitely can manifest as constipation, 
But again, it's really just, you know, it's going to keep that inflammation around because your body is not, you know, able to get rid of any of the overgrowth of the yeast that might be present in your gut. So if someone is experiencing inflammation in their body, would they be just feeling it in their belly or would they be feeling it in other places? Well, in the event that a lot of it's stemming from from the gut, and if it is this uh, yeast overgrowth, then they definitely will have more distension in the belly. Um, they might not have it all the time. They might have it you know, after a meal, but generally they will hold their weight in that you know, abdomen area. And then for the females, because gravity loves to take hold of things, you might see it a little bit more, um, you know, in the hips as well as, um, you know, in the butt area and in addition to to the abdomen. So you might see it just generally in the midsection. Um, But don't get me wrong, inflammation will really wreak havoc on the body. So you generally might feel more puffy in other places. You might even, you know, be diagnosed with something like arthritis um, and you might have stiff joints or achy muscles or not recover well from your workouts and that's just showing that the inflammation is also kind of moving to other parts of the body but you might see the most distension in the actual stomach but you might just feel other symptoms in the in the other parts of the body well and i think another thing that people don't understand about inflammation is that it can affect the brain as well well, that goes back to the the gut brain um, connection, and I know that that's something that's kind of recently getting out into the media. But the gut brain connection is something really powerful because you know we think about how many people are are, are suffering with high stress and they're su- suffering with um, you know if it's depression or even if it's seasonal depression or anxiety and. You know, yes, there might be some hormonal imbalances that are happening in in the brain, but there is just such a huge connection with inflammation because if your body is inflamed and if already if you've already been diagnosed with something like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, um, or you've been diagnosed with something like rheumatoid arthritis, like you have inflammation hands down. There's no question about it. So that inflammation will affect the brain and it'll create the brain fog. It can create the changes in your mood. It could definitely create anxiety as well. And I guess that kind of brings us into our next topic, um, talking about you know anxiety and stress as well. Yeah, so tell us more about how stress can affect your blood sugar and your ability to gain weight or lose weight. Yes, so... There's obviously all of the the different changes in your gastrointestinal system that can happen to create the inflammation and then essentially affect your blood sugar levels. Um, But then there is the other side of it, which is going to be the overproduction of your stress hormones, which the hormones that fall under that uh, category is cortisol, which some of you may have heard of, as well as epinephrine and norepinephrine. You know, to keep it really simple, uh, norepinephrine, epinephrine can be interchangeable with the name adrenaline. So if your body shifts into this overproduction of cortisol, and that can 100% be caused by your eating habits, but it also can be caused by you being stressed, but it can also be caused by you being a very go, go, go person, not getting enough sleep, you know, and I understand, especially if you're a mom, you know, you're getting up, you're taking care of the kids, you're maybe commuting to work and you're getting home and then you're cooking dinner and, and it's just like nonstop and that can go on for years. But despite you maybe saying to yourself or saying to others, like, 
well, I handle it really well. Like I'm, I, I can balance all of these different things going on. Your body hasn't necessarily evolved into perceiving that as being okay. Your body still perceives that as stress. So as soon as you know, you're either in that go, 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 fight or flight mode, or you're actually dealing with emotional stress or grieving, et cetera, those biochemically look like the same thing to your body. So those stress hormones will go up or just become imbalanced in general. And that is also gonna be something that in turn affects your blood sugar levels. Well, in that phase of, now we're not gonna talk about something like adrenal fatigue, we can save that for another day. But during that overproduction of cortisol, the second, really the second stage of those stress hormones going up is we get that kind of wired where we're kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't think we even realize that we're running, you know, almost on empty because we're just going, going, going. And that's really before we start to feel those symptoms of like feeling burnt out or mm-hmm. that we then can't handle the stress or are feeling overwhelmed by the stress. Yeah. Or you get sick. Because your body finally says, okay, if you're not going to slow down, I'm going to slow you down. <laughs> so, it, you know, stress is something that I think we all know. We've all experienced it. We all know about it. We all know it's bad. But I think that we just live in a world, and especially us being out here on the East Coast, you know, we live in this world that we are almost required to to go, 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 go. Um, you know, to be constantly balancing various projects and doing different things. And then, especially if you do have a family coming home and, and being the caretaker to them, and it's a lot. And we're really, you know, genetically, ancestrally, like our bodies have not evolved to cope with the with this go 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 lifestyle you know still genetically we're the same that we were you know thousands of years ago and we you know as soon as we start to push ourselves into this mode our body goes into fight or flight and then fight or flight over the long term creates tons of inflammation and that is going to be something that shuts down your metabolism because if your your body's in this go 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 mode for so long you know your metabolism might be heightened for a period of time and then it just shuts down and it just can't keep up anymore so it's really trying to find the balance and you know if you're kind of relating to this conversation and saying you know i am a go 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 person you need to put the self-care on the schedule because if you're like me if it's not on the schedule it's not going to happen so it's really you know trying to find the balance with it it's not like quit your job and don't be a mom anymore you know it's not how it works but you need to make the time for the self-care and you need to you know put it on the schedule because otherwise it's very easy for other things to to get uh, in the way of, of taking care of ourselves or just even getting enough sleep. Um, so one of the things that I would love to share as a, as a hack, because I know anybody listening to the, these things always likes to be able to start implementing something right away, especially if you're relating to what we're talking about. Um, but there is this amazing app called Brainwave. And you know if you are struggling with sleep because you've been in this fight or flight mode for a really long time, um, uh, this brainwave app, what you do is you actually, you can download it onto your phone, you pop in some headphones, you know, crawl into bed, don't put on the TV, you know, don't have your laptop, iPad, none of that. Um, just, you know, pop it in your ears and turn on the deep sleep option and just let these frequencies kind of balance your brain and decrease your stress response. And 
it's just such a game changer because when I started using it, I was able to get deeper sleep, wake up more refreshed, and just generally feel like I have more of a sense of calm. And because when, exactly what you said, Brooke, when you're in that like wired state, you lay down because you're like, I need to rest. I know that I need to get to bed early. And you're just mind is What can going. I do tomorrow? Yeah. What do I have to do? Or Maybe what? I should get up. I didn't wash the dishes. Yeah. I didn't change the laundry. <laughs> like, I do this. Yeah. We all, we all do it. And even if you, uh, if you do fall asleep because you're so exhausted, then you're dreaming about it. <laughs> or dreaming so, about work, which exactly. is even worse. <laughs> so, so it's really uh, using that as a, as a tool to kind of calm that stress response and get your body a little bit more rested so that you can decrease the inflammation and essentially promote more of, of that weight loss. Uh, again, because you know the, the, the inflammation and, and the stress response are huge for that. So let's tie this all together because I feel like we've talked about a couple of different areas. We talked about the cortisol and the stress hormones. We talked about the gut. We talked about the detoxification. And it all really falls under this inflammation umbrella. Mm -hmm. And I know you said sharing some hacks and things that people can take away from this. What would you recommend for people just listening to this, how they can really start to reduce inflammation, not worry about counting calories and all those silly things, but really start to um, balance their blood sugar and Mm -hmm. start to lose weight? Yeah, I would definitely say, um, you know, some of the things like kind of taking it piece by piece, some of the things that you can do um, in the food world, in the dietary world that you can do that will help to promote more detoxification, which essentially will decrease the inflammation and promote weight loss is um, up your intake of cruciferous vegetables. Um, We can definitely provide you with a full list of the different uh, cruciferous vegetables. But um, if you did about uh, two cups of a cruciferous vegetable per day, that is going to be something that can help you promote more detoxification through the liver and that will essentially um, you know push out some of the toxins that might be causing inflammation in the body another major uh, food that's great for the liver as well as the gallbladder is beets if anything from the actual beets to the beet greens not canned (laughs) fresh beets uh, those are also going to be some uh, another group of foods that are going to be fantastic for detoxification. Um, you know, if you haven't seen the uh, Eat for Your Gut cookbook thus far, we do have some amazing recipes that are incorporating cruciferous vegetables and beets because I know that you know some of you that might not be preparing beets or preparing vegetables very often, you kind of get into this mindset of. You know, it can't possibly taste good, and I promise you, we make it taste good. So it's just about having the inspiration to make them in a way that is family-friendly as well as, um, you know, delicious. Uh, the other thing, you know, kind of going back to the gut, the gut's very complicated, and I'm not going to dive too deep into it right now, but if you consider yourself someone to be having, um, you know, some sugar cravings, to having some bloating, or have feeling like you're holding onto weight in the abdomen, I would highly recommend, you know, trying to decrease your sugar and carb intake. And, you know, honestly, I know that there are those carbs that are classified as healthy carbs, you know, your quinoas and your brown rices, you know, give it two weeks, cut out the gluten, cut out the, you know, the bread and the wheat, and cut out even your gluten-free grains. You know, everything from your your rice pastas to your quinoas and your brown rices and even the lentils. 
um, cut it out and see how you do, see how your body changes, see how you feel. Because if you feel like you do have those sugar cravings, there is a strong possibility you might have that yeast overgrowth. And if you start to kind of decrease the things feeding the yeast, you might see a pretty drastic change in your body. Um, if you feel like you make those changes for two weeks and you see you know, uh, you see weight loss, you see some positive things happening, but then you hit a plateau, then you might want to get some testing done to really figure out what's going on in the gastrointestinal system so that you can have more clarity, but also be on the right recommended supplements to kind of kill off the yeast faster. Because one thing I will say is I do have a lot of people that come to me that have read up on yeast diets, they've read up on candida diets, etc. And they put themselves on the diets and they feel good, they hit a plateau, um, and they end up going longer. And some of these people are on these diets for a year or longer, and it ends up, um, you know, that they don't always have continued progress because they there's some underlying things that aren't allowing them to shed all of the yeast completely. And I like how you mentioned kind of certain things that you can add in and not just taking things away because I think that we're pretty scared when it comes to diets or weight loss because we're so worried that we can't have our chocolate cake and we can't have mm-hmm. all the things that we like. And it's really just about shifting your focus because there are a lot of really good tasty things that are healthy for you and it's really just I think trying out different things Mm -hmm. Um, of course there are foods that are best to be eliminated and and I'm glad that you mentioned gluten because gluten is one of the most highly Mm -hmm. pro-inflammatory foods out there Um, another food that I think is good to mention for inflammatory properties is Mm omega-3s which would be found in your cold water fish like salmon um, cod of course you want wild if you're doing this yeah Um, and one thing i'll say about sardines are a great source and anchovies are a great source don't think that you need to open the can and eat them like chop them up throw them in a sauce you know you you will probably not even know they're there but you know, they have a ton of omega-3s um, in them. So, and then salmon is fantastic. Trout is great. Um, and then even just your avocados, your nuts, your seeds, those are also going to be fantastic resources as well. One thing I actually do want to say, I thought you were going there, but you said, oh, and I was thinking you were going to say oatmeal because I know that when we get on our bandwagon of, okay, I'm going to get on track, I'm going to start eating healthy, um, Oatmeal is something that usually makes its way into the mix. And some of us are doing instant oatmeal, and then some of us are, you know, doing the full-blown steel-cut oats, and, you know, takes time to make that stuff. But oatmeal, it's all carbs. And then what are we putting in it? We're putting in maple syrup to make it taste good. We're putting in brown sugar. We're putting in berries. You know, we're putting in all of these other things that are amplifying the sugar content. But Oatmeal is something that is extremely inflammatory and I would highly recommend staying away from it. Do not start your day with a sugary breakfast if you don't want to crave sugar all day. So that falls for your oatmeals, it falls for your cereals, um, and even you know starting your day with a sugary yogurt. So you know if you can gravitate more towards that protein packed breakfast, if it's like a protein shake or if it's going to be more in the, uh, in the sense of eggs, an omelet, you know, all of those things are going to be a better start to your day than gravitating towards um, the oatmeal. So it's definitely something I would recommend, um, you know, staying away from, especially if you want to kind of do that two-week little reboot. 
Um, and that actually brings me to an offering that we want to uh, to provide for you guys. You know, if you're really inspired by listening to this, um, we have a 30-day reset that we have made totally complimentary for you. So it's awesome recipes. It kind of lays breakfast, lunch, and dinner out for you. You know, you will see some major shifts in your body, major shifts in weight loss. Um, so please reach out to us, um, you know, if it's something that you're interested in, but we will provide the links uh, through this podcast. Um, and then the last thing too is if you want something a little bit more than just making those dietary recommendations, or I'm sorry, dietary changes, we are doing our 21 day cleanse, which is coming up in January. So we will have all the details about that on our website. Um, so please check it out at uh, www.integrativewellnessgroup.com backslash cleanse. So thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it and we will see you next time. Have a great week.